G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and joining me is the fabulous Regold. Hi, Ray. And hello to you, Miss Stacey. How are you? Really well this morning. I have been thinking about starting to pack. You know, I'd like to pack a long way out from coming to America and so I've been uh, thinking... coming to America in two months. <laughs> I want our listeners to know. Yes, you should start packing immediately. I um, I've been thinking about the conference. Obviously, getting excited about coming to Las Vegas, and thinking about Soul. And today's episode is brought to you by Soul. Of course, Soul is an incredible experience for young dancers, but also for their parents, for teachers and their students. It's no numbers, no comparisons, no num- uh, no judgment, just the joy of dance. It's a really unique experience. And if you have thought before about bringing your students along to this event, this is the time to do it because not only will they get the incredible experience of Seoul, they'll also get the bright lights of Las Vegas. You can take them to see a show or two while you're there. Re, why are you excited about Seoul? I just love that it's a no-pressure event for kids. And I might also bring up that it's a perfect event for the dance teacher to bring their own child, like the opportunity for you and your dancing kid to go and share and bond within this experience. With that said, I'd love for everybody to come join us for soul it's groundbreaking and it's totally different intimate and just a chance to get back to why we all dance in the first place like that passion is present from the second it starts beautiful Of course, in addition to movement classes, there's workshops and discussions, there's college and university, people coming to talk about what happens next, what are the next steps in terms of dance. And there's going to be talk about mental health awareness, which is so incredibly important for our kids these days. If you want to bring your students, if you want to bring your dancer, or if you just want to bring yourself, you can find out more at regold.com slash soul. Well, Ree, this is the time of the season that makes me a little nervous as a dance studio owner because there's so much happening. We're doing recitals. People are kind of wrapping up the year. I've got all the obligations, not just for my students, but for myself, for my family, for my kids. They're graduating and moving up and doing all the things and stuff is busy. And it's also the time of year where I'm trying to get next season sorted so I can actually go and have a break over summer and actually enjoy myself and head to Las Vegas and see Katy Perry and just enjoy the limelight. But I thought you were coming to see me. <laughs> well, your priority one, but I, I, have, oh, okay. I, do, I do have tickets to Katy Perry also. <laughs> okay. okay. Just so you know. And Jerry Seinfeld. It's going to be a good time. Ooh, good for you, my friend. Yeah. But at this time of the season, it's so – you want to get everything wrapped up. You want to tie everything in a bow. 
And here's how it normally goes for me. I put together a schedule for the next year. I think really long and hard about what classes I want to run, how I want to run them, what time of day is best suited to my target audience, what teacher would be best suited for that group of kids at that level, what do I want them to learn, what do I want the curriculum to look like, all of this and the, the listeners you know, obviously if they're dance studio owners are probably nodding along like, yes, this is this is what we do. This is part of the passion for what we do. And then I finally, you know, settle on a schedule that looks like it will suit all the people that I've got to think about when I'm putting it together. And then I take it to my teachers and I say, this is what it looks like. This is These are the days you'll be teaching. This is what you'll be teaching. How does this feel? Does this sound okay? And what often happens from this point onwards is the part that really just I find so hard in that quite often everybody will look at that schedule, but it's also, you know, a busy time of year. So they'll look at it and go, yeah, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. And I put it out to the public. I do my rollover registration. People, you know, are coming back next year. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) And then in the last couple of weeks of classes or at the start of summer or sometimes at the end of summer, I get a call from the teacher. Oh, Tuesdays is not going to work for me anymore. And yet I've just enrolled all these kids in these classes. I've advertised, you know, it's going to be Miss Katie. She's going to be there. She's so excited to teach you. And then I have to go back on my word and then I'm scrambling to try and find staff and try and figure out what I'm going to do. Am I going to move class? Like all of that kind of upheaval happens. And so today, I guess, Ray, I just wanted to talk about the things that we can do to protect ourselves during this time in order to not feel that rush of adrenaline and stress when things don't always go to plan? Well, it's funny because listening not only to the topic of today's podcast, but even your prior, it's recital time, it's crazy time, you're trying to balance it all. I'm going to remind you and our listeners that you're living the dream. Mm. this is what you wanted and you got it. And how many people do we know near and far who had dreams and didn't have the chance to accomplish them? So with that said, because it isn't all a dreamy journey, I understand that. But I like to remind everybody, especially during the end of the year when things can be a bit chaotic Mm -hmm. that we pictured this we wanted this and therefore instead of looking at it and saying ah here it is again (laughs) say how lucky am I and smile and do the best that you can to remind yourself all the time how you couldn't wait for this with that said (laughs) In your circumstance, um, not picking on you or anybody listening, I might have to at that stage where I bring everybody the schedule where you say they may be busy and say, I really need you to concentrate on this decision because I wouldn't want to put your name out there, tell everybody that you're going to be 
a certain teacher at a certain time and then have to go back on my word. Mm. So I take it all the way back to that place and be as certain as possible that the faculty are going to be able to keep that commitment that mm. you have uh, given them on that schedule. Now, I might also find myself reminding them and keeping them involved from that point forward in the process mm. so that I'd be opening the door to any issues that may come up between the point that I asked them about their availability or confirmed their availability and two weeks before we're about to open. But in this world, uh, what you've described, I hear of often. Mm -hmm. And I am a person who's always thinking, how am I going to back myself up? Yeah, and that is a lesson that I've learned the hard way. <laughs> oh, I like especially in the early days, the schedule would have no backups. It would just be I would be busy teaching all night. Everyone else on my team would be busy teaching all night, and we'd be and stuck. And what what would be the default for mo for you and most people listening? Would be you'll say to yourself, oh. I thought I wasn't teaching on Wednesdays, but now <laughs> I'll teach on Wednesdays. Yes. Yeah. So so you're the one who's filling the gap, even though you promised yourself and your kids that you were going to, I think it was Wednesday, I said, you were going to have Wednesday off. <sighs> so for me, it's like, who is somebody that... I can count on who may be available more times than others that I might even have a talk with ahead of time and say, would you be prepared if I need mm. heading into my summer season? I'm also big on, it doesn't, you don't have to use the word contract. It could be an agreement that word sounds gentler, doesn't mean that it has a different uh, purpose in the long run, but an agreement that says, uh, I'm available on these days and understand that I'll be teaching at this time and this is the commitment that I'm making might not be a bad concept at the time the schedule is created. Ray, I'm really con like interested to know why you think it needs to be a softer name than a contract. Ooh. Uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll say this and then get me back to the topic. Okay. I know some people, some really good friends, friends of ours, like Melissa Hoffman in New Hampshire. Yeah who has no contracts, does not believe in them. Really? It's a truth. And if you were to listen to her, like, you know, I've, I've brought it up. And yeah, I'd love to hear her, her say, perspective. 
it's it's more of a trust factor. It's more of years of working together mm-hmm. for her. Most of her teachers have either been on her faculty forever or grown up in her studio mm-hmm. and putting them in a place where they have to sign a contract either feels un- uncomfortable or unnecessary, I guess, mm-hmm. for Melissa. Um, but her her opinion is strong in the no contract. Okay, so you asked me why is, I think, an agreement sounds more cordial yeah. than this, this contract word. Now, <laughs> I could be full of it. I'm laughing at myself <laughs> right now. <laughs> It's just a gentler, like I, when I book my faculty for the conference, I call it an agreement. I think just because I've learned through the years that that is a, a gentler word. Wow. I never thought about it. You, you, you've left me speechless and you know, that doesn't <laughs> happen to me. It doesn't happen very often, but it's also highlighted, highlighted to me that I swing hard on the contract side of everything especially for my teachers. And that's not for me. That's not necessarily just to protect me as the employer. It's to protect them as the employees as well. So that if they're coming to teach for me for a season, they understand what they'll be paid, when it will be paid, how much they'll be paid, what the leave loading will be, what the sick leave looks like and the carer's leave. And I'm not sure if you have all of those things in America, but we get you know paid time off for all sorts of things. We do too. Okay, good. Um, so I make that really clear to our teachers, but also I need, as the employer, I need to understand that they understand what the rules and regulations are around their the time that they'll turn up and what they'll wear and what their uniform allowance is and what the social media policy is for the studio, how they can contact parents, how they shouldn't be contacting parents. Um what they can and can't do in the classroom in terms of child protection. Like I, my contracts are seven pages long and they've been checked and double checked by our HR people, you know, and they get revised every single year. And, you know, from that there's like an addendum that you go to the actual policies and that's 26 pages long. Like there, there is my contracts are in depth. So it would feel a bit silly for me to rename them as an agreement because they're already pretty scary. You, you, you keep it the way you, I can tell this is serious business with you. You keep it the way that it is. I I, I want to say that in some cases, it might be some of the things you described being in a handbook, mm-hmm. which I can't tell you whether or not uh, Melissa or other people who don't have contracts have that handbook, but the handbook is where I would include my social media policy, some of the different things that you brought up. Mm. And then the contract would be more about your pay, your commitment, your benefits per se, uh, responsibilities, etc. But either way, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whether we're going to have an agreement or a contract. 
but getting us trying to get us back on track. <laughs> um, why not have an agreement of some kind or contract that that a person signs at the time that you brought up their schedule? Yes. That yeah. says, to the best of my ability, I am free and agreeing to this and will proceed with this schedule. Yeah. At least make them think about it. Like you said, they could be very busy at that time of the year. They're worried about the choreography that isn't done for this group or this class and and blow it off because maybe they don't have it as together and even thinking about next year like you must. Mm. So could it be a more serious moment that they take a little more seriously because at that time they're going to sign something that says, yes, this works for me. And how I'm so excited to be here on Tuesday and Thursday next year <laughs> between four and eight. I, um, I think that's great. And that's made me realize, Ray, that that's actually, that's actually the part where I fall down. I have the contract. I have the, you know, piece of documentation, but the part where they sign the contract isn't usually until we're just about to start the season. Maybe I need to change my process around that so that the system is they approve the schedule, they sign the contract, and that might be the thing that makes my summers just a little bit more carefree because I think it's funny that I'm talking about having the like the locked in contract that's got you can do this and you can't do this and it's all the things yet I'm the one complaining about the issue <laughs> that over summer we have you know teachers that flake out on us and that ends up causing us extra stress so um Good learning today. I hope there's people also nodding and smiling, thinking, I need to say, you know, I need to change my system too. This is the thing. I don't know if it's a hundred percent answer to the problem. There still could be people who arrived three months after they made that decision and discovered that their child has a commitment on that day that they never anticipated Mm -hmm. and that we always need to be prepared and and a thought process and how we cover our bases if we found ourselves in need but certainly if I had told you in June that I would be teaching Tuesday and Thursday I'd have that on my mind through the point that I started that following year. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like the backup idea too, knowing that. So when I put my schedule together now, and this was not the case in the early days when I would be scrambling, because I would do exactly what you said, Ree. I wasn't teaching Wednesdays. Oh, but now here I am teaching Wednesdays. And I push back on my coaching clients. You know, I coach a lot of dance studio owners as part of the Gold Alliance. And when they say, we've lost a teacher on this day, so I'm going to go in, my first question to them is always, I always push back and say, why does it have to be you? Is there no one else? Is there no one else that you could get for that Wednesday? Because they'll often come to me with with this as a (sighs) moment. Like I was, you know, going to watch my kid do karate on a Wednesday, but now I have to go to the studio and teach. 
it doesn't it doesn't always have to be you and so part of my schedule process now is yes I allocate different teachers to different classes but I also have a whole column where I put everybody who's not on so that I can look at there it go. and see okay I've got you know Katie and Amy and Tracy on in the studios but I know that I've got these three people who aren't on that day and it might not mean that they're free or available but just in my mind it just means that there's possibility. There's poss- it's not the end of the world. There's possibility and it doesn't necessarily have to be me. I, I agree with that. This is why I think some people jump in themselves. Maybe because they think the kids will be disappointed that they're not going to have so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm the owner. If I go in and I take over this class, I'm not going to have any complaints. Mm -hmm. So at the point that the decision is made, you feel like this is the right thing. And okay, I can do this. Yeah. It's four months into it when you're now doing things that you told yourself last year at this time you weren't going to be doing any longer. Yep. That the frustration happens and then i'll add to it so then if you keep your promise to yourself and you don't teach the following year you may disappoint those kids because they don't have you so all you've done is delayed a uh eventuality that you're gonna have to deal with how is that for uh it's it's so true but also, I think I've done a pretty good job in my studio of, and this is going to sound strange and let me let me get to the end. I've done a pretty good job in my studio in not making myself desirable. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I have, Well, I get it. It's funny to me, but yes. I have hired. I'm the most undesirable teacher teach, in my studio. I am. I am Um, because I've hired fresher, better um, teachers. And so when Miss Stacy comes in, it feels a bit like, (laughs) I think, I think that that's what I've done. Um, And a lot of the younger people in the studio don't, because I, I don't teach any younger classes, at least at one of my studios, they don't have a lot to do with me. So I feel like if I walked in and was the teacher, um, a lot of the parents would be like, oh, who's this old lady? Like I want, <laughs> I want Miss Beck back. Okay, <laughs> and I like and I like that. I'm not I self-deprecating, yes, but it's done purposely that people aren't always saying, why aren't we having you? Or she really wants to have you. Or I've, I've really educated them out of that it has to be Miss Stacy mentality because I wanted that freedom and so for my kids I don't know if they I don't know if they're waiting for Miss Stacy in saying that I got to go in and teach my senior kids last night because Mr Pete was unwell and you know they were like oh it's you oh, and they got really excited and you know that made me feel really nice that they had missed me a little bit because they only get me once a week. So to have me on a Wednesday was a, was a treat. But I don't think the parents are sitting at home thinking, I wish she had Miss Stacey more. I think they're pretty happy with the faculty they have. 
I want to say something because you brought up a topic that I think is important. And I often hear, let's say you're the 40 plus teacher and you say to yourself, well, these younger people, they're cooler than I am. The kids like them more than they like me. And maybe that bothers you. Maybe it doesn't. But either way, I want to say to all those people who wonder or think that, that your experience and your knowledge in this field far exceeds those people you're questioning yourself about. Mm -hmm. And that we need to give ourselves more credit because the knowledge that an experienced or seasoned teacher has will take years for these younger people to grasp and understand. Just a point that I want to make. And I completely agree. And I know how awesome I am. <laughs> I just don't want my parents to know that. <laughs> the kids just don't like me, damn it. No, I just don't want the parents to, to ever have, you know, to ever feel, I want to be able to run a studio where every teacher brings something unique mm. and whether you get someone who's old or someone who's young or someone who's, you know, male or female or whoever you get for your child's teacher, the parents know that what they're going to get is going to be a uniquely them experience and for that year that child is going to learn new and different things. And I really talk about that a lot with our parents because often when they move from season to season and year to year and move up levels, they change teachers. And I hear all the time, oh, she's so disappointed she doesn't have Miss Beck anymore. And I love being able to say, I know, but isn't it exciting that she now gets to have Miss Katie because Miss Katie is this and Miss Katie is that. And, and educating them that the – the more teachers or the different teachers, the more experience that they get in the studio with different people is going to make them better, is going to make them more resilient, is going to make them love it more. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the kids have personality clashes and things don't work out. But I, I don't like that mentality of, you know, when she came, when, when we first came here, when she was three, she had Miss Beck and I expect to have Miss Beck until she graduates. Like some parents think that that's a thing, <laughs> but I love having a studio where whether it's me or Miss Beck or any of my teachers, they, the teachers, the parents know that with those teachers, they're in good hands. I, I agree. And you just said something that's really important for listeners. I think it is the acceptance of a teacher is about how we express it. Mm. Meaning I, your answer to this mom who's like disappointed she's not going to have Beck anymore. Our ability to rave about the teacher to rave about the experience that they're about to enter into is key. I think that whether or not they want you to teach, as the owner, if you have the ability to answer a mom who may say something like that with the utmost confidence and, and the appearance, whether it's true or not, that you have 
well thought out your response mm. and that you believe in what it is that you're doing. That changes the questioning aspect of who you are as a leader. Mm. So I, I just want to say, prepare yourself if you find yourself in a situation where it's either a brand new teacher or somebody's going to teach tap who hasn't taught tap before to be ready with the positive answer to the question before you even get it. You may not even get one. Yeah. But boy, if you have prepared yourself, you are one step ahead. You can do it confidently and move on. So I think today's been all about preparedness, Ray, right? Getting a backup plan for uh, the schedule, preparing those conversations in your head, making sure your schedule is prepared so you can relax over the summer, making sure you've got people signing up and rolling through the door and preparing some agreements for people to sign ahead of time preparing some agreements but this is what one thing because i know we have some listeners probably be listening to this podcast in june with no idea what their september or august schedule is going to be i know i can see her face you guys because we're on zoom she just gave me a look a look that you wouldn't want to see but it is a truth how to really avoid circumstances like you described is to be prepared before year's end with all the information you need to start the season mm. whether you say to yourself oh i'm just too busy for that what does that mean that means i gotta back up all that recital prep that i'm used to doing in the last two months before the recital to six months before mm -hmm. getting that all together so that that last month or two before the show i can take care of next season and because i've had this experience so many times I know how the routine works. It's a it's getting yourself into that that habit. I see lots of dance teachers, studio owners who find themselves stressing out at the start of the season because uh here's a great example. Now we we may be going off topic, but I think we're all used to that. <laughs> I know in January which is here in the States is the middle of my season, that this teacher isn't coming back. I end the year and even begin my summer without having figured out who will replace that teacher. So therefore we get to the month before the season. I'm looking for a teacher. I am picking from who's left over from all the people who had it together. Mm -hmm. And I hire the wrong person because of my desperation. Mm -hmm. What I've just described happens often in our field. Mm. And I'd like to see us all say, oh, no, no, I have my stuff together. And I won't ever find myself in that circumstance. Doesn't mean you won't. 
But boy, if you had just said to yourself, I'm going to get this part together so that I can avoid this start of the season stress or over the summer stress when I'm supposed to be spending time with my family and these three kids that I never see during the year. But instead, I'm panicking, looking for faculty or an office administrator, when in reality, I've known for so long that I needed this. Mm. Imagine you could have got the cream of the crop if you discovered you were needing a teacher in January and started looking for that teacher in February. Yeah. My dad always says, never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. <laughs> and he says that about, you know, lots of different things in life. You know, when you're buying a house, don't be desperate. Like, don't wait till you're desperate. Don't, it's for all these life decisions. And it's the same with your teachers. You don't want to go grocery shopping when you're hungry. When it's August, you are hungry <laughs> to get that teacher into those Tuesday, Thursday classes and to get that locked away so that you can put the schedule out and then get enrollments and move on from there. So... I like that. I like that idea of perhaps asking the question in ge- in January to your teachers. Who's coming back next year? Ooh, who's not? Yes. What are you thinking? <laughs> we had a staff photo shoot on Tuesday, Gree. Oh, okay, you go. They, no, you say that again. We had a staff photo shoot on Tuesday and um, we're having a new staff photo shoot because we've got a whole heap of new staff who haven't had their photo taken. And, you know, we want every, all the photos to look the same on the website. And one of my teachers, who's been with me forever, she said, okay, group photo. And we all had the group photo. And then she stood back and she said, now who's leaving in the next five years? Step out because we need a photo without you. <laughs> because she said, I don't want to come back and have to do this photo shoot again. So if you're thinking about leaving, get out right now. And they all looked at me like, <gasps> like, like do I have? I like that. Do I though. have to make this decision right now? Um, so, no, please don't do that to your team. <laughs> it wasn't good. January is enough time. Yeah. Yes. And don't spring it on them at a photo shoot. Perhaps send them a friendly email. <laughs> and And do this dance studio ownership thing with with smartness so that you know, uh, we started this conversation off with, let me remind you that you're living your dream. Mm-hmm. Through years of experience as a dance studio owner, you know the things that stress you out. You know the periods of the season that may stress you out. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in those places and it's a repetition that's going on year after year, you have to make change. You have to be willing to say, I'm not going to do this to myself because nobody does this to us. We may get mad at parents. We may get mad at faculty because of situations that they put us into. In reality, we could avoid 75 to 90% of those situations if we ourselves recognize the areas that we needed to pick up speed in or be more on top of it in. Mm-hmm. That's what the journey is all about. It's, it's becoming a smarter, best, better business owner. Then when we get really good at it, we're too old to move. (laughs) And we have great minds, but we can't be in the classroom anymore. 
time to retire. That's it. <laughs> Pass it on to somebody else who's going to learn the hard way, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sell it off. Sell it off. <laughs> Take that money. Get a camper van and travel. <laughs> there you go. A camper van and travel the country. That is a re-dream one day. There we go. So, in closing, let me just say, first, I reiterate the dream part of this conversation. But second, take leadership in your own pursuit of a stress-free life. Be on top of yourself. Make it so that as each year goes by in this business or this field you've chosen, you are more and more comfortable instead of finding yourself in the same circumstance. With that said, listeners, enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 